Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday. Hey, what's up? I'm back. You're back. You were out last weekend. I kind of had to help hold on the fort and, and droll on and on and on and on. And I apologize for that. It, you, we still got our regular number, so it was yeah, good. Yeah, more or less. I was, I, I'm sorry. I was not happy with the podcast. <laughs> I, when, I, when I went back and heard it later, that I was already published. I'm like, what did I do? I mean, nothing And I gave that, you a heads up that I might have been out the next day. Yeah, yeah, I so know. I was, I was home. I was home with uh with the little man, who was sick because yeah. you know have kids. Yep, and you know there we go. But I mean, I was there, and Ashley came in for the second segment. But I should have probably used somebody in first. Izzy, we had used the week before. So I didn't want to abuse. I didn't want to abuse the school's generosity in lending us Izzy in the mornings once a month. But <clears throat> but no, I'm glad you're back. I'm here. How you doing? I'm good. As you're as you're taking a sip of your water. Perfect time to ask you a question. Right? I'm good. <laughs> I am now refreshed. I am good. It's a uh, it's a new day. It's our season finale. Can you believe this is episode fifty one? Fifty one episodes. We just we we hit the Should've... year mark uh, a few weeks back, mm-hmm. and here we go. Let's let's launch into it. There you go. Last yesterday we had, um, last couple of uh, last two Sundays we've had Jesus speaking to the disciples the night before he dies at the Last Supper, in you know, in St. John's Gospel, it goes from chapter 13 to chapter 17, Jesus basically giving his farewell address, so to speak, uh, to the disciples, giving them, you know, this th- these last-minute instructions. And it was something interesting Pope Francis said yesterday in his, in his Regina Celli address, that even knowing, you know, Judas had already left the room, that Judas had betrayed him, even knowing that Peter was about to deny him, Jesus did not admonish them, scold them, for what was going to happen, because he knew they were going to, he knew he was going to be abandoned, but offered, and this is the Holy Father's words, offered words of kindness, of encouragement, and what better encouragement and whatever, what better gift than the gift of the Consoler, the Advocate, the Paraclete, the Holy Spirit? So, when we hear the Gospel yesterday, he says, "These things I have spoken to you." While I am still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will reach out, he will teach you all things and bring to you your remembrance all that I have said to you. In other words, he will remind you of the things that I taught you so that you may better explain. Remember, the, the apostles didn't go out to preach the gospel until the Pentecost event, until they received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus promises that. You know, we, we'd been hearing about it in daily Mass. We heard about it this morning at daily Mass on Monday morning. And again, this promise of someone who is, who is coming, who will accompany us, who will speak through us, who will speak for us, who will pray for us. And that cannot be understated because whenever we pray, it is you know the Holy Spirit that prompts us, that moves us to pray. And it's sometimes His words and not ours that are elevated to God. So we can never discount the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in the life of the Church. Yeah, you know, and that... The, the life of the church you mentioned and the life of our parish, this reading, this uh, this celebration on Sunday, 
was coming on the heels of our spring confirmation, which was an absolutely beautiful, beautiful really mass. Yeah. We had we had fifty candidates, so it was one of our largest spring confirmations as as far as I can remember in in the years that I've been uh, that I've been in, in charge of the program and overseeing it. But there was some there was just a uniqueness of that mass, you know, and it was it was Bishop Isern who, you know, God bless him, he takes his time during the anointing. Uh, you know, and and is very uh, deliberate in in you know calling the candidates by their by their chosen name. You know, taking his time with each of them so that they can have that that powerful interaction with him. You know, but the mass as a whole you know, was was almost surreal. You know, like I said, I, we've been doing confirmations you know, to to a year for forever. You know, so it becomes almost routine. You know, so so I was struck by that confirmation. And then I love that this Sunday, you know, we hear, you know, we kind of backtrack a bit to Jesus telling us, this is what I'm going to do for you mm -hmm. in sending you the Holy Spirit. And not only does he give us his spirit, but also in the words we hear every Sunday or every day we go to Mass, right before the kiss of peace, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. But he says, but not as the world would give you, do I give it to you. In other words, the peace that he gives us is not worldly peace. The peace that he gives us is not something we will find here on earth. It's something that is out of this world, that is supernatural, that is divine. And it is something that we long for. And it is something that comes with the Holy Spirit. And, and then going back to the Holy Father yesterday in the Regina Celli saying, he, he, I'm trying to see if I get the words correctly. I'm going to mess it up. But he had the people you know, say, you know, say, every day we should pray, Lord, send me your spirit. Send me your peace. And he had the people repeat that. I didn't hear it. He goes, I didn't, I didn't hear you well. Lord, send us your spirit. Lord, send me your peace. Because the two go hand in hand. Because the spirit is a spirit of peace. It is a spirit of us being, why do we have that peace? Because when we see the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we are in communion with the Trinity. We are, if we are being guided by the Holy Spirit, then we are in communion with God's will. And if we are in communion with God's will, then we will be at peace. Okay, let me repeat that. If we are com in communion with God's will, we will have peace. We will be in peace. We will feel that peace. Because there's nothing more peaceful than just abiding in that peace. But again, Jesus reiter reiterates, it's not as the world gives you, do I give you that peace. You know, it's not worldly peace, which is often... You know, procured an, by an, violence. An absence of war. Yeah, and it's always <laughs> unstable. And, and true, peace is all, always, you know, you always hear the, the phrase, peace is fragile. You know, because all it takes is somebody to press a button yep. or, or, fire, or, or pull a trigger and boom, peace is over. But it's, it, it is a sp spiritual serenity. Ah, oh, that's a great word. A spiritual serenity that comes, that comforts us, that in, that regardless of what our outward circumstances may be, I'm, I'm reading from my study Bible, because it brings us that serenity, that, that tranquility of knowing that whatever may be going on around us, and our world may be collapsing around us, but if we abide in the Spirit, if we abide in Christ's peace, then we will have that peace, no matter what's going on around us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of one of my favorite Don Bosco quotes there, as you were as you're reading that. You know, true true happiness consists in this, you know, knowing that I'm in God's hands, and therefore 
I'm in good hands. And that's it. That's end of quote. You know, so, so it's beyond physical factors. It's beyond, you know, the, the immediate day-to-dayness. It's, you know, true happiness, true peace. Is just that that satisfaction of knowing that God's got this, you know, as as uh, one of our beloved families here often often quotes <laughs> yeah. out. You know, God's got this. That that we're in His hands, and if we're in His hands, there's nothing to worry about. You know, yeah, yes, it, it, there's things to worry. Things will will affect us. Things will hurt us. Things the world will still be the world. But if we're in God's hands, we're in good hands. And we cannot go wrong if we're in God's hands. There's so many things that are affecting us. There's so much instability in the world. There's so many, so probably instability in our lives, mm-hmm. you know, uncertainties, anxieties, sufferings. But what you just said, if we place everything in God's hands, if we entrust ourselves to the Holy Spirit, if we entrust ourselves to that and 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 open our hearts, and that's the, that's the key. Open that heart to that, that peace, and allow that peace to envelop us. And like I said, there is nothing that can be going on around us. You know, there's that great, that great uh, meme of of the little dog in the kitchen sipping coffee with fire all around. Yeah. And he goes, "Everything is fine. fine here. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine." Because, and everything, if we are in God's hands, yeah, there could be fire around us, and uh, fine, everything's fine. God's got this. I like I like that because you know we trust in our powers too much. We trust in how we, you know, in our independence too much. Instead of saying, "Lord, I don't know how to handle this." And it's not surrender, I mean it's not a sign of weakness to surrender to God to say, "Lord, I can't deal with this." Lord, you know, I'm I'm thinking right now of all the things that I have to do today and this week that are <laughs> you know, Raising his eyebrow, going, yeah, you got to do a lot this week. But, you know, it, it comes at the end of the day, you know, saying, Lord, you got this, which is, we return to the great quote of St. John the 23rd, Pope, Pope John the 23rd, you know, who is the Pope? Who was dealing with all sorts of characters in the Vatican. All the problems of the universal church would fall upon his shoulders yeah. every day. But every night before he went to sleep, he would say, Lord, it's your church. I'm going to bed. <laughs> because, you know, I try to do some version of that every night. Because, you know, if I allowed the things that, you know, are on my mind, the people that I encounter, because at any given day, I mean, I, I go back to, well, last was it last Thursday when we had that? No, that, yeah, last Thursday we had that day from hell here yes. in the office. Oh, yeah. There was just one thing after another. It was one. It, it felt like we were in a heavyweight bound. Mm-hmm. It was one haymaker after another. And in the middle of that, you know, and, and it was mainly administrative stuff. But in the middle of that, having to, you know, as Father Omar's day off, so having to be a priest, having to be present to a family whose uh, uh, whose dad's funeral I yep. did, having to be present to certain people who need who I needed to minister to. And, you know, and in the midst of that, getting bombarded on all sides by administrative, new, you know, mm-hmm. stupidities, which is, you look back on, it was stuff that really didn't deserve my full attention. Not that, you know, that I'm, I was above, I'm saying 
that I that I stressed about it too much is what I'm trying to say. But and then in the middle of that, and I went and think, okay, it's it, you know it's not over. Then I finally get a call, Father, someone's dying. Can you go annoying them? I go, well, yeah, I'll be on my way. And it, and I realized, okay, see that this is what's important is you know being present at the Holy Eucharist. I had to celebrate Mass for the for the community that day. Right. Being present to that family whose loved one was passing away. Being present to that family whose dad's funeral I did. You know, being present, even but even in the administrative thing, being present as a priest during that. But but I, here's what I was getting at. Now, if I would have taken all of that, and I and I do, at the end of the day, when I do my exam, I pray and I pray for everyone I encountered that day. I pray for everyone who I ministered to that day, and I and I offered to God all the stuff from the office that I dealt with that day. But if I don't leave it there at the feet of the Lord when I kneel before the tabernacle, and if I bring all that stuff to bed. When I go to sleep, I wouldn't sleep. So that's why that quote from John the twenty third is so great. Lord, it's your church. I'm going to bed. You know that that that's, and that's what we should all do. And, and even though we're not entrusted with the universal church like Pope John the twenty third, you know whether it's our family, whether it's you know our lives, I go, Lord, this life of mine, it's yours. I'm going to bed. Yeah. I entrust it to you. Yeah, you know, and that's why I love this this practical. Uh, application of it because it's not just you know we're, we're talking happy-go-lucky here you know god's got this everything's good kumbaya you know we don't have to worry about anything it, there there are very real things that will demand our attention there are very real things that will cause us stress that will cause us uh, you know to, to have doubts to have worries to have concerns to lose sleep you know, there are very real things that will lead to to fights and arguments and you know, on, on a grander scale, wars. You know, that's not to discount any of the reality in which we live, but it's looking beyond that. You know, it's, it's, say, it's being able to, you know, just uh, in a very uh, isolated case, you know, down-to-earth case. You know, Matias this weekend, my son, was a nightmare. And <laughs> just an absolute nightmare. And I, and I lost it on him, you know, more times than I, than I you know, would like to, because he just drove me nuts. He drove me absolutely crazy, and and it's at the end of the day, I had to I had to call time out on myself, you know, and say, okay, you know, you're you're being a little hard here, you know, take a step back, you know, it this is a phase. He's two years old, you know, you're the father, you're 37. It, it sounds ridiculous, but but it's true, and I had to say, okay, you know. Jorge, looking at myself in the mirror, you know, take a chill pill. <laughs> I've been laughing for the last minute. I'm sorry. You know, folks. take take a chill pill. And, you can and, tell I have no children. And turn to prayer now, you know, and, and I did. And, and I, you know, and I, and I apologized to my two-year-old, you know, for, for losing my, on him. Yeah, and, but, but again, that examine at the end of the day. It's important. You know, yes, there, there are things that are going to affect us. Yes, there are, I could have been so much better in those dealings, yeah, but it's turning to the it's turning to the Holy Spirit and saying, "Come, Holy Spirit, into my reality," you know, so that the next time this happens, I can respond in a way that is more in line with the Good Father. You know, uh, the reason I'm laughing is because I'm thinking of your wife, <laughs> and she's probably hearing these words and heard them yesterday at Mass. Peace, I leave you, 
my piece I give yeah, you. You had no pieces. And, and she's like, <laughs> Father, what piece are you talking? Have you been in my house? Yes, I have. You know, I, you know, have you been in there? Have you heard the noise? Have you heard, have you seen the messes they make? They, but, but even in that, you know, which is I always tell, which is why I always tell her, and you, you can testify to this. I go, you know, the blessed sacrament is less, you know, a mile from your house. Get in the car and just come sit. So George, you take care of the kids, which she does, and and you and and you do for her as well. And you know, it is possible. I don't have the secret to how to make it possible because parents, God bless you, you're heroes. And Matias now has, you know, his father on recorded, you know, soundbite, you know, <laughs> for when he's yes. 15 and 17, if he listens to this <laughs> going back, podcast even exists in 15 years. But there, there is something beautiful in that when you encounter, and I mentioned this yesterday at Mass, when you encounter someone who brings you peace, and we all have someone in our lives who we know that if we encounter them, we're not going to be, you know, stressed out or come away from that conversation or that encounter anxious or on edge because there's always someone in our lives who brings us peace. And those are the people we need to gravitate towards. You know, I'd like to, I mean, I know I'm not, but I'd like to be a priest who brings people peace. And, and there are certain moments that I do, but I know that there are certain moments that I drive people crazy, you know, emails this morning, notwithstanding, you know, so because, you know, listen, I have 3,300 parishioners. It is impossible by the law of averages to make everyone me, happy, to make, not to, not only to make <laughs> everyone happy, but to be an instrument of peace because, you know, what I say, said yesterday at mass, what may bring some people comfort, may bring some people peace, but it may bring somebody who wanted something else may have annoyed them. But that's the peace that the world gives us. Ah, and Jesus go. says very clearly, you know, um, this is not the peace I'm talking about. You, you know, yesterday I, I read a tweet that I liked at first, and then I shared it with Father Uko. And he's like, I don't, I don't like I don't like that. Because basically it was a priest that said, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm not going to look up the tweet, but said, you know, when you go to Mass this morning, this was yesterday morning. When you go to Mass this morning, you know, go without an agenda. Just go and surrender to God's will, which is fine. Don't go expecting X, Y, or Z. Don't go expect, you know, don't go with your own, you know, uh, your own horizons, your own your own expectations. Don't go with your, your, your party vision of what the priest should or should not say during the Mass. Just go and what Jesus says, abide in my love. He says it, you know, constantly during this this discourse in the Gospel of John. But Father Uko took exception to that he said, because he said, you know what, yes, you, you abandon yourself to God when you go to Mass, but at a certain point, the Church's teacher, mother and teacher, and the Church has to, you know, teach, sometimes admonish, sometimes correct. And, but, I go to, to the original point, or, or, or what I initially grasped from that, tweet was, you know, don't go into church with an agenda. But you know what? We do. You know, we, we have things we want to pray for. We have things we want to offer to God. The only thing I could say is don't go to church with an agenda. Don't go, you know, you may have read the gospel and say, oh, I hope the priest preaches about this. And here's the thing. 
There's three readings Mm -hmm. and a psalm. And I could preach on any of those readings and not get to even remotely what you wanted me to preach about. Like, I'll give you an example, perfect example. And and if there's a theme for the day, then you've got that too. No, no exactly. <laughs> like a couple weeks ago, we had Mother's Day and Vocations yep. Day and the readings of the day, which was Good Shepherd. Yep. So I, I was giving you the example is like for Bishop Barron during all of Easter has been preaching on the second reading because the second reading is all, all this Easter and year C has been from the book of Revelation. So it's not hasn't been in communion with anything that I've preached. I haven't even touched the Book of Revelation throughout all of Easter. I've heard some of his reading. I'm sure it's brilliant. Uh, some of his sermons. I'm sure it's brilliant because we don't preach upon that that book enough. Mm-hmm. But if we come in with an agenda, because I know I've gotten the emails or I've gotten the comments, Father, you didn't speak about this, or you didn't pray about, you didn't pray for this. There's always something. We, we leave out when we prepare the prayer of the faithful. We've, we've kept, since February, we've had Ukraine in there, and we've tweaked the prayer, and, right. and, and but but <laughs> you know what? There's, and I may write about this in the bulletin, I haven't decided yet. Yesterday when I was, you know, I had breakfast with Father Rooker every Sunday morning when he comes back from Mass and I'm getting ready for Mass. And, you know, he was so distraught about violence in his home country of Nigeria. I mean, to the point where he just had his hand in his head, you know, just like, mm-hmm. you know, just shaking his head. And it, it, it's it's tragic what's going on over there where, where people are being beheaded because of their faith. And and so, you know, we could be praying for the, you know, we have very few Ukrainian, yeah, I think we have one family in, in our school, but we have two Nigerian priests who teach and preach to our people and we I have not men, made mention of the violence in our homeland. Mm-hmm. At, you know, I think I mentioned it once three weeks ago when it was a, that kidnapping that I talked about right. last week in the podcast. But, you know, there's so many things that people say to me, Father, you, you didn't say about this. Father, you didn't say about that. Especially when it comes to the prayer of the faithful, it's like, you know, the prayer of the faithful should not be a news rundown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because sometimes I feel like that's what the people, you didn't mention, you didn't pray for, for this, this or that. I'm like, you know, because some people find out, well, I didn't know about that. You know, unless it's like something huge, something that's a big elephant in the room, you know, then it would be, a, a, you know, an oversight on my part not to mention it. But that's what I gathered from don't bring an agenda with you to Mass. Because why? Because you have to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Because we don't know. The thing is, all we have to, I mean, if we just go with an open heart well, into that, Mass. That's, that's the key right there. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring your agenda. But bring it with that openness you know, to to be taught, mm-hmm. you know, to be led, to be directed, you know, to be corrected if you need to be corrected. You know, it's 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 don't come with a with a stubborn agenda that you know I'm right and this is my way and and there's no other way to see it. It's you know this is this is what I this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'm looking for. You know, but the Holy Spirit is in charge. You know, so because because again, there are very real worries and concerns and, and desires that each of us has, you know, and, and we're not meant to put that aside. You know, we're meant to bring that to God and let God transform that for us. You know, through the Holy Spirit. You know, God knows what we want more than we know what we want. Oh, absolutely. But but He's not saying you know just be just be a a mindless, heartless, brainless robot. You know, he's saying, give me your worries, give me your concerns, give me your desires, 
Give me your love. Come to me, all you who give, are weary, you know, and, and I will give you put, rest. Put that all in my hands, mm -hmm. and then let me let me do with that what I know is going to be best for you. So yes, bring your agenda. Bring, you know, bring your 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 everything. Yeah, put it but, on the altar. But bring that with the openness to say, "This is what I want, Lord, but not my will. What do you want for me? You know, take this and do with it what you please." You're talking about making everybody happy. You know, everybody wants, you know, a beautiful liturgy. Everybody wants, you know, certain things. You want, you know, good sir, a good a good homily, good music. You know, good people around him. You know, but that's not always what we get. You know, the only necessary thing is that Jesus is present there in four different places, in the presence of the Word, in the presence of the Eucharist, in the presence of the priest, and in the presence of the people. Now, that's why I always tell people, you know, Father, I didn't get anything out of Mass. I go, well, what did you put into Mass? You know, were you present during Mass, or were we just sitting there pointing out all the things that were wrong with Mass. There's a great story of there was an elderly priest who read a homily and was not happy with what he preached. And then, you know, he, he went through the motions during Mass. He was tired, and he said, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't celebrate this Mass worthily. I didn't put my heart into you know, this mass. And he's heading to his car and getting into the car to go home. Somebody approaches this priest. This father, that is one of the most beautiful masses I've ever attended. <laughs> it's like, if there's any proof that yeah. you need that the Holy Spirit <laughs> is present, because there are days that... Oh, and that happens to you yeah, often. That there's days that I stand out there, I'm like, I'm not happy with, you know, like I just, I said at the beginning, well, I wasn't happy with last week's podcast. Yeah, I wasn't happy with last week's podcast. And then Nana sends me a text on Wednesday morning. And goes, that podcast was awesome. You did such a great job by yourself. I'm like, I don't know what you were listening to. <laughs> and it happens to be a mass that I may not be satisfied with the homily that I gave. Nope. I'll never be satisfied, you know, with the homily I gave because nothing is it, nothing rises to the level of what God deserves. But people come up to me and say, "Father, that was a great homily." I'm like, I don't know if they're just saying that out of habit, or or they're being, you know, most of the time they're genuine. But it's like, again, proof that the Holy Spirit is there. You know, people complain about the, the, the most minute things that have to do with their experience inside the church. And I would love to fix all of those things, but I can't because in that divine reality is the, the liturgy, there are human ministers that are serving, starting with the priest. And so, the, the, but what is assured to us and what should bring us peace is that Christ is there. For, like, for example... There is no human interaction. When you come and you go downstairs from our studio and go to our Blessed Sacrament Chapel, unless, you know, unless there's people that are rowdy in there, but when you go in there, it's just you and Jesus, and you feel that peace. That's why people go there. It's an oasis of peace, and we encourage you to do that. You know, but when there's human, and when there's human interaction, that's where we sometimes get bent out of shape. Because there's a crying child next to us, because there's people that are making noise next to us, because the choir is out of tune, because the priest is speaking too long, because we can't understand the priest, or because, you know, he's, you know, whatever it is. XYZ. You know, the air conditioner's too cold, it's too hot, you know, the sound's too loud, it's too low. Whatever it is, 
you just go into the church and abandon yourself to that will and say, Lord, allow me to be overwhelmed with your peace because we should walk out. What are the last words we hear at Mass? Go in peace. Exactly. Do we? <laughs> Do we? Because we could go right back into the parking lot, and I've said this before, you know, and be honking at the person because he's a little too slow, at the old lady that's going out, you know, pulling out too slow, and you can't move because she had to wait for her to pull out. <laughs> or you have to go and, and you have to fight with traffic, you know, to get to Publix to be able to shop, or, or you go to brunch and your reservations, they, they messed them up, and you lose the peace quickly, very quickly. But you have to take that peace with you. And it's, yeah, and I recognize it's a challenge because, listen, standing out there, it's not for the faint of heart after Mass, because someone may come and may give you, whether it be, you know, bogus complaint, but sometimes somebody may give you a legitimate, you know, not cry, but I was going to say, but something that that's legitimately, you know, weighing them down. And you as a priest have to handle that and say, okay, Lord, I just finished Mass. Let me deal with this. Maybe a person that may be, you know, needs confession or needs, you know, counseling or needs to be calmed down because mm-hmm. they're dealing with whatever situation they may be dealing with. But that's what where Jesus says. It is not the peace that the world gives you that I give you. It's a supernatural peace. It's a divine peace. It's a peace that comes from the advocate, from the counselor, from the comforter, the Holy Spirit. And that's a peace that we need to call upon every single day when we wake up. Yeah, and Father... This, this supernatural peace, I know you've, you've experienced it because, because it's the natural response to answering God's will. You know, and and I, had a, I had a little glimpse of it, and I've shared my vocation story. You know, when I was figuring out, you know, am I being called to seminary? Am I being called to something else? And, and I, you know, I was, I was on near, uh, uh, I, I was in a, in a very, very bad emotional state. Yeah, and then when I finally said, "Okay, Lord, yes, you are calling me to seminary," you know, yes, I I will answer your call, you know, wh- wherever that may lead. You know, I I was overcome with this very very real. Pe- Again, I was I was in a in a very emotional state and literally like the flip of, of a switch. You know, as soon as I said yes, I'm abandoning myself to to what it is that you're calling me, and I have no idea where that's going to lead me. At that moment, in that moment, yeah. but I'm gonna, but I'm gonna put my life in your hands. And so, you did put your life in, in your hands. And when I met you, you were 21 years old, or about to turn. You were 20, and you were about to turn 21 years old. And you know, you struck me as a young man, as a young man of peace. Why? Because you were doing God's will for you at that moment. And even when I remind you of this a lot. Even when you walked into my office in November of 2006, and your heart, and and yeah, <laughs> you know, all for the greater glory of the of, of God's church and procreation. But and even when you told me, you know, Father, I don't believe I'm being called to the priesthood. I believe I'm being called to the married life. You struck me, even though I wasn't happy with you at the time. Even though I didn't get it because I thought at the time you should have stayed. But God knows better than I do. God knew better than the other priests of the house who were on the same page as I was. But you struck me that you were at great peace with that decision. And so, you know, you were at peace with the decision when you decided to enter seminary. You were just peace with the decision when 
you decided to leave seminary. I hope you are at peace with the decision when you propose to Angie. Very much so. <laughs> I, I always tell couples when, when you propose, I go, enjoy those few days of, you know, I'm engaged, showing yeah. off the ring, and not because then everything. The when, high, the you, high. The high, because when you start, you're like, wait, I got to plan a wedding, then yeah. that peace slowly goes away. But, you know, there is great peace when you abide in knowing that you are following the will of God, wherever it is that God may lead you. He may lead you down a path that, that will swerve later on, but I need you to go through that experience to be able to prepare you for, in your case, mm-hmm. the vocation of being a husband and the vocation of being a father. Now, bring that back to the priesthood and what you were saying earlier about vocations. Yes, we need to call upon the Holy Spirit to stir the hearts of the young men of our parish, to stir the to hearts of young men in our church, universal, to accept this invitation, which is becoming so difficult because the world offers so many deceptions, so many, it's so alluring, you know, that, because I, I look at, when I talk to high school, you know, young men who are interested in, in the priest, I'm like, wow, despite everything that's going around this kid, social media, all the things that he's exposed to on the internet, all the things he's exposed to at school, all the girl, all the beautiful girls that are around him, okay? And yet he's going to say yes to God and yes to this incredible vocation. There is something beautiful about that when you see a young man say yes and to God. And, and, and I was blessed for, for three years to be vocation director of this diocese and to be able to, to sit down with the young men and say and, and to walk with them in the vocation journey and then walk with them while they you know journeyed through seminary and eventually became brother priests because it is something that we need because we need ministers of peace. Ministers who not only bring who make Jesus present at our altars, who not only bring us the message of Jesus Christ, but also who stir up in us this joy that comes in knowing Christ our Lord that we get from our priests. That's why we need to pray for vocations. And one way we're going to do that, and announced yesterday in the bulletin and in Mass, is by starting something which I should have started a long time ago as a former vocation director, which I used to promote, which is a vocations chalice. So when we come back from summer vacation and school starts again, and really the parish, you know, not that it dies down, but we kind of get, go a little quiet during the summer, when things start to pick up again, we're going to start the practice of giving a chalice to a family every week so that they could take the chalice home. It comes with prayer so they could pray for vocations as a family because that's where vocations are nourished. That's where vocations are, vocations are born, in the family. When you pray as a family for vocations, when you talk to your children about vocations, to the priesthood and religious life. Because if you're not talking to your sons about the possibility of being a priest, if you're not talking about your daughters about the possibility of entering religious life, you know, we need to do that. Because where else will vocations come from? Yes, we all want grandchildren. Yes, we want our parent, our, our children to be happy. And it, happiness does not reside only in finding the love of your life and getting married, but discovering the true love of your life, that is, who is Jesus Christ, and following him and laying down your life for him in a consecrated vocation, whether it be priesthood or religious life, it is something beautiful to behold. So today, we pray to the Holy Spirit to give us peace, peace that our hearts always are longing for and that yet eludes us because we look for peace in all the wrong places except 
in our Lord, given to us by the Holy Spirit. And we also pray for vocations. We pray that God send us a springtime of vocations, a, 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 an abundance, an abundant harvest of vocations. Because he does say the harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. We need laborers in God's vineyard. And that is why we must pray every single day that God send us good men to lead us, to feed us, to absolve us, to bless us, and to teach us the way to Christ's peace. Yes! Yes! The you! The you! The you! The you! running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but just... No. Get out of here. <laughs> what was that last night? All right, Father. Mm-hmm. World Championship aside, this is our last sports segment. We, 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 we could... Yeah. So we, we got to make it a world, good one. World, world Championship aside. Yeah. We, we, if, if we win a title, we'll do a special episode. But, no, no, but this no, is our no, last no, what is potential. We said, we said championship singular and title singular. Yeah. We were hoping for multiple, but... Yeah, no, that ain't happening. Uh, let's start with good stuff. The Heat. No one... See, everyone overreacted to, to, game, to game two. You know, we were blown out, embarrassed at home. That was bad. That was, was ugly. That was very ugly. And er, you but know, you need that. But you, it's good to listen, get a kick in the pants. Listen, I, you know, sometimes the, the overreaction of the sports media to whatever happens in a given game and, and anointing, oh, you know, the series is over after one game or after two games. Or after a first half. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. We'll get, or quarters. A quarters. By the way, did you know the whole, the Heat have only won two quarters out of the eight quarters played in this series? I, I think. Is this oh, sorry. A, out of the twelve quarters is played this in the segue se- into a discussion on the electoral college. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty much. It sounds like it because, I mean, I, I really, I thought people knew how final scores worked, you know. So, but the overreaction was, you know, if Jimmy Butler doesn't get any help, and I'm paraphrasing a. Bombastic ESPN personality. If Jimmy Butler doesn't get any help, then this he, this series is over in five. You know the Celtics win. Well, Jimmy Butler didn't come out for the second half in Game Three, and we held the fort down. Yes, the twenty six. They made it a little more exciting than you'd hope. Twenty six <laughs> point lead vanished, almost vanished. We we down, never lost down to the one. Lead. They went down to one, and Max Drews hit a huge yes. three, and then Bam followed up with Bam. Uh, a big bam jumper that should have been called a foul, so he should have gone and won. But we held, we did enough to win the game. In the playoffs, just like in the NCAA tournament, is survive in advance. And the Heat did enough, and so there's no excuses. Now, I want to know, when Marcus Smart went down, when Jason Tatum went down, what it looked like their postseasons were over. over. And they went back there. I want to know what the trainers of the Boston Celtics have there because Jimmy Butler did not get that, and Jimmy Butler did not come back back out of the tunnel. <laughs> you know, everybody was reminded of when Paul Pierce, I think, I wouldn't say 2008, 2009, went into the locker room oh, you yeah. know, and was in a wheelchair yeah. and then came out. Listen, everybody wants to replicate the famous Willis Reed moment 
in the garden in 1973 with game seven when he went out with an injury, came back out, everybody saw him, and ended up helping them win the game in the championship. That's how long it's been since the New York Knicks won a championship. Same year the Dolphins won a championship, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's basketball, okay? Knicks are irrelevant. So what happens is all these things are going on, and no one's respecting the Heat. And I'm saying, you know what? I'm fine with that. They could disrespect us all they want, yep. okay? They disrespect the 2006 championship. Oh, because Wade got too many, Dwayne Wade got too many foul calls. We have the Larry O'Brien trophy. They disrespect the 2012 and the 2013. Oh, because, you know, you had LeBron, but we destroyed all the competition that yep. after, you know, learning curve of first year. Yep. And then in 2013, oh, because if, if it wasn't for Ray Allen's shot, you know, well. woulda, shoulda, coulda. You know, he made the shot. He w- We were still in a position to win. And we won game seven. By, by the way, that shot didn't win us the championship. We still had to play a game seven, which ev- who everybody, everybody forgets was an incredible game seven. Went down to the wire. It wasn't like these games... Every single yeah, one yeah. of the conference finals games have been one-sided. It became it's m- the it's the Bartman narrative all over again. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> yeah, but the Bartman n- narrative. Th- there used to be a show on ESPN called Five that, Reasons. That game didn't end the series. There, they no, it was Game to, Six. Yeah. It didn't end the game either. If Alex Gonzalez, yeah. the Alex Gonzalez of the Cubs, hadn't made an error, dropped the they, if. They, Bobble the double play, easy double. Play. If Dusty would have pulled his pitcher earlier, but that father, every single game, it's a what if. Every single game, you know, from the the eighth graders playing basketball on the back court right now to you know game seven of the of the championship has a woulda coulda shoulda play. No, listen to this. <laughs> We're talking about the disrespect. I just literally just got a text. I'm on a group chat with some former friends of mine. Uh the current. Headline on the ESPN web web page is how Jason Tatum has leveled up his game, and this is what my friend says. He literally played like, you know, uh, yes, crap, and we <laughs> shut him down. And this is the front page of on ESPN. On top of that, we took it in Boston, which is true. Yes, he leveled up his game in Game Two, mm-hmm. but in late in Game One was not a factor except for in the first half. And in game two was not a factor throughout the game. In game three, excuse me. Oh. Throughout the game. So the dis- I don't care about the disrespect. We had three Larry O'Brien trophies in the trophy case. Bring it. Now, if you look at the panorama of the NBA, will we get four? Golden State looks awfully good. And remember, that's a Mavs team that beat a very good Phoenix team and should have won game two, but they okay. didn't. And well, they're about to get swept. you play the game. Exactly. It's why they play the game. Now you want to delve into it's it it's not an autopsy because we're not you know it's Monday morning it may end tonight we're a few hours away from uh, you know from the the end of another season. So I I don't know what to say about the Panthers. Uh, We got over the hump of winning a series. We did, which is great. We finally scored a power play goal. We (laughs) yes we did. (laughs) Um, But Tampa, you and I were talking about it yesterday. You look at that game, and what do you look? What does it look like we're facing? Uh, eight eight defenders uh, in a brick wall, no, in, in like, front of the in front of the goalie. Because so, even the shots we're getting, well, no, yes, we're getting yes, we yesterday. Had, we had tons uh, of shots, and I told you I was listening on the radio because I was <laughs> I was driving to go get a haircut, so I turned it on the radio. I do not advise anyone with a heart condition to listen to a hockey game on the radio. While you're driving a car. While you're driving it. Because I was having palpitations. <laughs> and, you, and, your, and your barber's not too far from your house. Because yeah. he has 
I mean, it's so fast paced and it's pass here, pass yeah. there, shot. Ah, and it's just like, oh my God, dude, relax. Watching on TV <laughs> is, is nerve wracking, especially if it's playoff hockey. But you can kind of tune out the, the, the commenting because you're watching it. But, but radio, he has to paint the picture. So, and it's happening so fast that it's just word vomit. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's the playoff. So it's intense word vomit and it just drives you crazy. But we had so many chances on that, on that power play to even it up hit the post, missed a few shots wide. When Tampa turned out, turned around and, and scored uh, to go up 3-1, that mm-hmm. was game right there. Now, I said to you, and I said this to CJ when I saw him on Friday, when it looked like we might have a possibility of winning game two, which was a stomach-punch <sighs> heartbreaker. We had that game tied. We were going to overtime. And at 30 seconds left, I forgot who was that, uh, that passed it. That he was right around the goal line, and he passed it to the red to the red line, and I'm like, why is he passing it so far? I'm like, we're not going to score here. Yep. And then and then Tampa Bay intercepted. I go, this is not going to end well. Mm-hmm. And what happens? Four seconds left, they score, and ripped our hearts out because who knows what would have happened in overtime? They still may have won in overtime. Yeah. Who knows? Because yeah, but to lose that, a, to that, lose a game that way, Vasilevsky in overtime is that hurts. is is worse. But yeah, to lose it that way was was really was really bad. Um, there's so many things that there were mistakes made, you know, why we can't score on the power play is beyond me, why we can't do certain things that we were doing. I mean, I'm not enough of a hockey expert to predict this, but I do have stats. Yeah. Okay. Yep. In the NBA playoffs, has anybody come down from an 0-3 deficit? No. I hate to say this. It brings me great pain and awful memories. In MLL history, has anybody ever come back from an 0-3 deficit? Yup. Only once. <laughs> Who was not... that, Father? Game three of the ALCS, the Yankees scored a million <laughs> runs against the Boston Red Sox. Sorry, the 2004 ALCS. Should I call Ashley over to no, sit on in this? Ashley, uh... thankfully, is not here not yet. <laughs> so, uh, and I said, I was remember I was watching, I was at a restaurant, I was watching that game with some friends, and I said, well, you know, come on, guys, save some runs for tomorrow. We had to clinch the pennant tomorrow. And then game four, even though it had never been done in, in MLB history, when Rivera's on the mound, I think it was Veritek who drew a walk. They put Dave Roberts in to, to pinch run. And Dave Roberts steals second base by a hair. Well, Posada had a perfect throw. It was a hair. He was safe. I'd say replay. You're going to relive this replay, in detail. Yes, because you're, you love torturing st- yourself. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and as soon as he stole that base, even though it had never been done before, part of me knew we had lost the series. And then, you know, Roberts comes around to score, ties the game. They win, and I believe they won it on a Manny Ramirez hitter home run. I know they won it on they won game five on a on a uh, on a David Ortiz. I may be getting all this wrong. Uh, David Ortiz, you know, wa- you know, walk off, and then the Schilling game in Game Six, the Buddy Sock game, and then Game Seven, we j- just didn't show up. Yep. Was never wasn't supposed to happen. So it's only happened once in MLB history, which leads me to the point that I wanted to make: the Panthers ain't coming back. Father, S- hold on a second. I said to you on fr- on 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 Friday, and I said to CJ as well. It looked like we were going to win that game, but I said even if we win this game, I don't see us beating them four times. Nope. I don't, and even worse, I don't see us winning us winning four straight times 
especially when four teams in NHL history have come back from all three deficits in the Stanley Cup playoffs. In 1942, Toronto beat Detroit to win the Stanley Cup final. In 1975, the New York Islanders beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in, in the first round. In, 19, in 2010, even more recently, Philadelphia beat Boston. <laughs> beat Boston in a quarterfinal series. And in 2014, Los Angeles came back to beat San Jose in a first-round series. So, not hard in my hopes. No, it's not. I'm not. <laughs> we'll watch it. Let's, listen, we were hoping for that in 96 when we were down 0-3 to the Avalanche in the Stanley Cup final, except that we also ran into a, a hot goalie in Patrick Wong. Yep. But Vasilevsky, my goodness, who dropped all these guys that are going to be tortured, those names. playing lights out. No, and, and, and where, where was this in the regular season? Because, you know, now my cousin, who you played golf with, you know, day after Easter, he moved to Tampa Bay, and because the Panthers were irrelevant down here, only team he adopted up there was the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's gone to games, and he went to a Stanley Cup final game, and, you know, he's, and he's been jawing at me, go Bolts, you know, what good is it, the President's Cup? I go, it's not the President's Cup, it's the President's Trophy, <laughs> you know. I made that same mistake. No, I know, but we'll, we'll hoist that banner next year, because hey. we'll, what else? I mean, we're, but you at some something. point, we need to but beat, man. we have to slay the dragon. Uh, we have to slay the dragon that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, I, ha- I mean, Toronto almost did it. Y'all wanted it. Oh, no, we want Tampa. We want Tampa. I mean, careful what you wish for. Toronto, I mean, excuse me, Toronto should have beaten them, but Vasilevsky does not lose back-to-back yeah. games. Now, slaying a dragon. Yesterday, a beautiful dragon got slain, oh, and it's goodness. the dragon of sabermetrics. Oh. In baseball. Computers, analytics. Because some computer went crazy haywire yesterday and exploded because Sandy, complete game. I was amazing. I didn't see the entirety of the game because I was watching the PGA Championship. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, but the, that, the fact that he went, that worked at, Donnie left him in there. When they had scored two runs, unearned, all three runs were unearned. Yep. His ERA went down. You could say, you could argue that there could be three Marlins, legit. Jazz's numbers haven't held up well the last couple of weeks, but everybody wants to see Jazz. Yep. Even the national media wants to see yep. Jazz in the All-Star game. But Pablo, who didn't have a good outing in his last time out, Pablo and uh, and Sandy should probably be there as well because Absolutely. both could be aces on any other team. Um, so the, the Marlins, we were, you know, while we're talking about the Marlins, you weren't here last week. We got to go back to, and I said it last week, we got to go back to that game we went to a week ago, Saturday. And we were on the field. We just were on the field for batting practice. We had no idea that the heroes of the 97 World Series would be there. So uh, your buddy got us uh, field passes for for BP prior to the game. They picked that up. So we're we're expecting ushers to come by and and say, you know, get out of here, go back to your seats. And they put up uh, they put up the podium. For the for the '97 uh, pregame ceremony, and we're like, "All right, this is cool," but no one's telling us to leave yet. And then we turn around, and there's Li Wang walking right mm-hmm. by. I was like, "Oh my god!" And then we turn around again, and there's Gary Sheffield and Jim Eisenreich. Yeah, everywhere you look, just they're coming out all over the place. Agarantaria. Oh my god! What a what a, an experience that was. You know, we, di- we didn't really get to, to talk to them. We didn't have no. anything for them to well, sign. Well, I talked to Alex Fernandez. Yeah. But I've known he was a parishioner of mine in my last parish. But just to be there, you know, on the field as the, for that uh, 
for that little ceremony to have them just walk by and like, man, these were these were the players that I idolized, you know, as a, what was that, 97? As a 12-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, who, who made me fall in love with baseball. Yep. It was, oh. It was, it was a great experience. It was amazing. And, and last night, uh, you know, because I had, I had DVR'd and I hadn't gone back to watch it. If you can, and I don't know, I don't, if you have MLB subscription, you could, you could go MLB TV. Jim Leland, when he was in the booth, that's when he had the three, three yeah. home run inning. But he goes on a rant about, we talked about it last, I mean, you and I talked about off air last yep. week about a rant about modern baseball. He's like, you know what? Baseball isn't better today than it was when I was managing. And he's right. Was it the pampering of starting pitchers? No, oh. and he brought receipts <laughs> because he said, listen, your best bullpen is a seven-inning starter. Yep. We saw that yesterday yep. with Sandy going nine innings and Pablo going deep in the games. So if Sandy and Pablo go deep, deep in the games, forget about The other day, there was an argument on one of the sports debate shows because, I don't know, the I think the pitcher that was in line for the no-hitter, the poor Reds, who tossed a no-hitter but oh, still I, lost, I, the I game. lost the game. Uh, I think he went to 120 pitches or even close to 130 pitches, wow. and everybody's going crazy. They didn't even count pitches back in the day. Jack Morris, as, as recently as 1990, pitched yep. 10 innings in a Game 7 of a World Series, and John Smoltz went toe-to-toe with him for nine innings yep. of shutout baseball. It was a brilliant, brilliant game. Yep. So well, here's, here's what I love about pitch counts. They don't count warm-ups pre-game. Mm. They don't count warm-ups between yes, innings. I, I agree. They don't count throws to first. You know, so so you're why putting, you're putting effort into the arm? Why why are we so in love with pitch counts? It's a, it's a very good point. But Leland once said, "Listen, your best bullpen is a seven-game start, a seven a seven-inning starter, because you 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 could you now you can manage your bullpen better and and throw your strongest arms out there, and you don't have to throw Bender out there." Okay, or Chapman. Don't get me started on Chapman with the Yankees. Blew a you know, save yesterday. But, and then he goes, and, and he goes, I'll give you two examples. Justin Verlander and Max, Sch- uh, Max Scherzer, who are being paid, and he had their numbers off the top yeah. of his head of what the millions, 40 million, 50 million, they're being paid this year. And they're in their late 30s, and their arms haven't fallen off. Yes, there have been instances, Sixto Sanchez, of players that have been rushed, and maybe, yeah. you know, and they're being careful with them because what the movement is not natural. But we've been playing this game for 150 years, yep. and you have your Walter Johnsons, you have your Cy Youngs, and you have, you know, Babe Ruth was a pitcher and still was able to be a great slugger. And, in that, and I read the, a stat the other day, which I didn't know this, that he pitched a complete game late in his career with the Yankees. Probably needed a spot starter, and boom, there you go, setting the babe out there. And he pitched a complete game. What I'm getting at is... I'd love to see a modern pitcher pitch with an old ball <laughs> and see how long they last. <laughs> the, the dead ball before the 1920s. Yeah. Like, that's what's the beauty of the game, that we have all this history that we draw from, that you say, okay, there's, you know, Walter Johnson, the Cy Young, yep. you know, the, you know, Grover Cleveland Alexander. So there I threw you a big name at you right there. You know, uh, you know, the, 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 the Al Kalines, the, the, the Sandy Koufaxes, the Bob Gibsons of the world, all these guys that were brilliant pitchers. Who knew nothing about that? Who would, you know, who I, I'd hated to be the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals if you went out to take the Bob ball out of Bob Gibson's hand mm. or Dave Stewart's hand in, you know, in, in uh, or even or Hershiser's hand, you know, because these guys, I remember Kevin Brown, we were, t- you yeah. know, they were t- the 97 game six of the NLCS. He screamed at Leland in the yeah. dugout because neither wanted to pull him and he went back out there and he pitched 
a complete game. Yep. Uh, how did the Marlins clinch your last World Series? I believe Josh Beckett pitched one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine innings. innings. And, and and we and I saw that game during the lockdown, you know, for the first time in full because I was oh, at nice. a party. Nice. And I said, and it was third inning, fourth inning, and he put runners on first and second and got out of that jungle. Any other, you know, any other manager in this game today, game six of a World yep. Series, would have yanked him. Well, Mattingly almost pulled a Mattingly yesterday. After I, that, I didn't see. I was watching the PGA. So first, yeah. first batter in the ninth inning, uh, Zanera, right? Jesus drops a should have been easy pop out, but next pitch double down the line, and Mattingly runs up to the top step of the dugout. I'm like, no, don't do it. But he stopped himself. <laughs> yes, he, but he was he was ready. Oh look, well look who's here. Just oh, walk we go. into. I you here came in late. Go. She came in late. We're gonna extend this a few more minutes because we. Oh, I, I was me. talking about the 2003. Uh, the, sorry, the 2004 like we were talking about oh, yeah. can the Panthers come back <laughs> Father it's over tonight yeah I know Father it's, it's done and over um, you know it's unfortunate to see the sweep but uh, especially with Tampa being home tonight it, yeah. it's done but so, the good news is uh-huh. we have another game because the NHL likes to schedule two big games for us the same night so uh. The Miami Heat, eight thirty. We, we touched upon that, but but and I forgot to mention this very important fact: if we win tonight, we can bust out our pots and pans on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Well, it would be a nice secure. Um, <laughs> but you know what they're ta- they're talking about now? What I it's it's really confusing. This me. is so, fun because Ashley doesn't know what we talked about. Here we go. So go this ahead. is new. This they're is... talking about quarters. So they're saying that Boston. <laughs> we talked about this. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go, go for it. Go so for it. They're talking about how Boston dominates us. Based on quarters, I don't give a crap about the quarters. <laughs> I'm talking about the game. Bring it <laughs> at the Bring end, it, of, right? You know, it's about the W or the L's. You know, great, they beat us one quarter. Oh, big deal! But we're winning. We've and only won two quarters in three games. No, but the real story but we're is up two one. These deal eight, with now, that. Now no, we're, now we're screaming. Now we're <laughs> deal with but that. But the real thing we're, is, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get someone in the chapel banging. That's on all right. That. But the real thing is, these injuries that Boston is going through, like. They go into the locker room. What's the magic spray? Acting like they got amputated. And they come out looking like the Holy Spirit totally healed them. So I need to know. She's great. She wasn't here. She's bringing everything we've talked about. I need to know. It's like, a perfect wrap up to the season right here. I yes, need to know who their trainers are and what they're giving them. Because literally they go down like their arm got amputated. They're I, gone. And they I come saw, back looking brand remember, new. Remember the karate kid, Mr. Miyagi? Comes. You know, does that and, and, rubs, and rubs his <laughs> hands together. I mean, because I said it earlier. Ten minutes ago I said, yeah. wait. They look like they were done for the playoffs, both Mark and Smart. Done and Jason for their Tatum. season, the way they're going right. down. Uh, now, done for ta- their We life. talked about this. Ashley, look at the front page. I'm going to show you the front page of the ESPN website. Okay, let me see. The home page, yeah. Wait, uh, wait. I, I, it's not coming up, and, and we're, you know, and, and th- because this is so maddening. What does it say there? How, how, what does it say? How Jason Tatum has levered up his game, but no respect to the Heat. It's never exactly. any respect to the Heat. They did, don't talk did he how, level up in game three? You, how about Bam out of Bayou? That's Bam PJ, 10.0. Can we talk about P.J. Tucker? P.J. Bam. And Kyle Lowry coming back? He didn't even look like he was injured. And your boy Max Drew's hitting that huge Ooh, three. Max. Now, here's the key to win tonight's game. Okay. Right? Ashley's so, keys. Here we go. We <laughs> Ashley's have, we have themes Brought to you by, you know. Uh, yeah, brought to you by no one. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> by the fishing tournament right now. So um, the key to Wednesday night, obviously Boston's hungry. So tonight, 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 tonight right? we, we hope to clinch on Wednesday night, but tonight. So Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero, we lose Ty- them both second half. Right. Tyler so, wasn't playing well. He wasn't. But then to see both of those players go out, 
here's the key. Bam has to play like he Bam needed to play like that all season. If Bam played like that all Bam season, there would be no contest of who would win this whole series. Let he alone was second team all NBA defensive team. What is that? So offensively, Bam needs to have a big game. Um, I believe that uh, Kyle Lowry is crucial. Yes, we've won games without Kyle Lowry, but we're just so much more confident, especially the little the things he does. Yes, that just like gets PJ. under the radar. That can we talk about harder. the pickpocket on the Heat? Oh, Victor Depot. Hola, Depot. I mean, he was like, "You have the ball here. I'm going to take that from you." And like, it didn't and score like four, much. Savage. Four, four possessions four, in a row. It was crazy. Four, it was. It was. We had 21 steals in that game. But no, let's talk about all the Celtic stats and. And I, I tweeted this during the game. Props to the Celtics crowd, and and, and that those are your people up there in Boston. Red Sox. Yeah, your Red Sox. First part of the season. So, you know, they booed them early on in the game when they were getting blown out of the building, mm-hmm. and we would never boo our team. What do we do? Usually? We just walk out. Yeah, we just, we walk just out. leave. We say, you know what? Let's beat the traffic. We're <laughs> exactly. out of here. Let's go to Versailles. So, we're out. <laughs> down twenty. Whenever they made a little mini run or, or hit a three, they were going bonkers. Like if they were down three points, and it didn't feel like a twenty point lead when it was yeah. a twenty point lead. So that crowd was was really energetic. They made that 10-0 run at the end of the first half. But tonight. What do you think happens tonight? I think we take the L. Uh, no, I do too. I, I think that. But but listen, we all thought we were going to take the L on oh, Saturday. Oh, for sure. And we won. So I never underestimate an Eric Polster's coach team. You were saying it. If Bam. If Bam's 2.0 like he was. If we had that Bam all Bam season. No, it's like. Bam 10.0. But they had no defense for Bam. They couldn't stop Al, him. Al Horford was parked outside, and I'll give you that Al Horford three all day. Yeah. Okay. We have to end the season with this. We Ash and I did the Dolphins schedule. Yeah. Okay, the one loss. So we have to end the season with the Hurricanes. And by the way, props to Inter Miami for beating up Solid on the New York, uh, New York Red Bulls yesterday. And uh, an insane finish. To the a BHA. lot of people are at the Canes game this weekend. The, no, oh, for the for the Notre Dame. Yeah, a no, lot of people. Was, we did not sweep. We won the series. We yeah. lost on on Friday, so regionals happen this weekend, and Bring then hopefully on. we hope we can host a super regional. What did they well. rank seven? They were ranked between. They were nine last I saw. Nine. Yeah, nine, but maybe Before maybe go up after, after. Yeah. But we lost to Florida Gulf Coast on Tuesday, which yeah. we should have lost. So really quickly, all right, let's go through the schedule. Jorge. All right, so first game Bethune Cookman. UM, UM football. UM that's football. A w. All right. Oh, so football. Yeah, yeah, football. we host Southern Miss. W. Yep, that's a win. All right. Now. You get the Duke. Can we talk Carolinas. about, first, a little aside here, we play good at College Station. Can we talk about King Nick oh. and Jimbo going at it last week? <laughs> Somebody wants to play God. Someone salty. No, uh-huh. it's NIL is, and NIL and transfer portal transforming. God. Dabble's not happy about it. The re- th- reason are is because these guys have their fiefdoms. Yep. They have all their boosters lining line yeah. in a row. Yep. Somebody brought up the point is like, I love Tua. Obviously, I love Tua. But how do you move a family from Hawaii to Tuscaloosa <laughs> without somebody helping mm. with that? You know, Tua mm-hmm. was not, you know, a millionaire by any stretch of the imagination. But listen, and that's like a wink, wink, nod, nod. It's always happened in college sports, but these guys controlled it. Now they're not controlling it. And there's no governing body because it's not illegal. Yeah, there's no rules. Because the court said it's not illegal. So until they get a governing body and the NTA is on the clock for, you know, on life support. But we go into College Station. And this is not that the season depends on this game. No, but it'll it'll be a good indicator. But it's a great measuring stick for where Tyler Van Dyke is and for where Mario Cristobal team is. At that point. At that point. Yeah. So go around the room. Do we go into College Station? In Mario, I trust. W. All right. Give me that W. I'm going to take it. 
No, no, take no, no. I'm going to take an L there. I'm going to take you to. We're coming off two wins there. I'm going to take a, a sleep and L there. I can't, I can't do that because, you know, Mario Wright currently is living right across the street from me. And, <laughs> oh. and he's a big man. Middle Tennessee State at home. That's a win. W. Okay. UNC at home. W. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make this very easy for you. <laughs> stop. Stop. <laughs> W Hokies, Hokies <laughs> on the road. I think I might. What what, uh, what date is that? I might. I, October fifteenth. You don't want to go to Blacksburg. No, my brother's up there. I went okay. there three years ago, two years ago. It was, how uh, is how is the atmosphere in Blacksburg? Back, so at Blacksburg. I mean. went there all. Yeah, as, as a, no, that's no, not that's Inter, that's Inter, uh, I went there all UM'd out, right? Mm-hmm. And oh boy. my brother is like six two, but he's you know he and wore his officer. Virginia stuff, so he was like that. And um, I got a napkin thrown at me, crumbled, but they actually upgraded our seats for free. Cool. So I was like third row from field, and not a lot of UM fans there. We ended up winning that game. That atmosphere there is like no other. That's great. Like there, we talked about a couple weeks ago places we'd like to go to taking a football hands game. down. So and that's at I take a W. Do you take the W? I'll take the W and maybe head up All there right. for that one. Uh, Duke at home on October twenty second. W. UVA on the road. That's a sure. loss. UVA. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah, they're gonna surprise new us. New coach. Yep. New coach. New fields. Wow. I have a W. Right now, so you guys, out. right now, you guys, your team being uh, November fifth, seven and zero. I trust, baby. That's seven and zero. All right, Seminoles here at w. home. We're, we have something that weekend that I said. Oh, what is it? November seventh. November fifth. Whatever it is, we're moving it. No, I know, but it was something on the calendar. <laughs> no, I think it was a wedding that Dolphins I Bears. This one's gonna be in, in <laughs> Chicago. She already made the plans. We're we're beating the noses here. After you know, last oh, for we sure. had we had not yeah. been. I don't, had not, I don't think we lose at home this week. This year, this year, this year, now, this week, this year, this, this month, this, this, I'm gonna this decade. Test, I'm going to test. I'm going to test his faithful, his faithfulness. Now, November nineteenth, we go to Death Valley. W man, give me that W. I take a loss. I no did. way. I do too. I do too. Clemson's in disarray. Really? Yes. Pronounce her quarterback's name. DJ Ungulangle, something like that. Pretty good. It was close, pretty good. That was a good effort. That was really good. Uyangale, I think. Uyang, I think it's Uyangale. Who's, who's left for Andabo's staff? It doesn't mean it Venables is not there, and that was a great defense yeah. always. And great. I mean, we have Wilkinson on. I mean, it's it late in the season, so they've got time to, November, to put November it together. 19th. But, and then we uh, ended on Thanksgiving weekend home against Pittsburgh. W. That's a one. W. So Ashley has. So I have the most realistic. So record. you have it nine and three. Yes. yes. You have it super twelve homer. and zero, oh, and homer. I have it eleven and one. So I'm yeah. going super homer. I'm like <gasps> Mario. I'm between George. eleven and one and ten and two because that Mario. A&M. Remember this. Remember this when uh, you come into your kingdom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, no, wow. it, it's going to be a fun season. It really will be, and it's going to be great. To, that I I I, I want to be there uh, for, and I'm we're getting a new associate who's a. Huge UM fan, so we'll be there opening day. Opening day against Bethune Cookman to see the to see uh, Bethune Wildcats. There you go, and it's gonna be a great halftime show. So uh, a lot of great things happening in Miami Sports. We, this is our season finale. So unless the Heat do something spectacular, because we may get by Boston, can we get by Golden State? It's gonna be Golden State. We see that. Like you can't stop them, and they're healthy with Draymond. You know but he looks fantastic. Golden State has not. They don't play defense. They're gonna get their home court advantage. So they're gonna get the yeah, first I, two I games. I still don't get that. We have ridiculous. the same Flip a coin record. or something. Like we have the yeah. same record. There has to be some other metric that they're using to get home court. Um, Golden State's gonna be tough, but they're beatable. Mm-hmm. The East is stronger than the West. I I firmly believe that everything. Uh, we would have gone more through the Crucible the Bucks, yeah. than than um, Golden State did. So. 
Yeah, we I, might really be champions this year. We'll, we'll, we'll be on the air if we'll if do we a, do a and, special and, episode and at the championship parade, Jan, uh, June second. <laughs> we'll do a live episode. A live in episode the, oh in the heat of the champ. The only reason I didn't go to either championship parade was with, so with the pots and pans. Hot. And I live and I was in 2006. You know, I thought about going, but I was like, no. One no, no, point no. I want to bring up real quick. Sure. We have that big screen in front of the FTX. Uh huh. All these other arenas no, have a watch party. But it's not my. That's it's not. It's we, you don't Miami. think we could do it? I'm like, if I don't get a ticket on Wednesday, you best believe I will set oh, up you're a talking, you're, t- you're talking, no, because you're, Why Ashley, couldn't we do that? you're talking about during the during a game inside the arena. So well, inside the would, arena, you have your own thing going on. But then Ashley, talking, have, have you seen traffic outside? I walk. I, don't I know, know. You, I know, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, when I went with Father Omar, with the, when the kids were singing, we were yeah. in the parking lot in front of the arena. It yeah. took us an hour to get out of that parking lot. I walk. I don't know. It takes And you want to put 40,000 people in front of the FTX? I'm just thinking Wednesday, if like I Milwaukee, really don't get a ticket, like I'm The I'm logistical gonna... nightmare. If anything, put them in a museum park next door. But... <sighs> or in the IMAX theater. But Ooh. but but even like... Some, the watch they, parties. They they have had watch parties where we're in the finals in, inside the arena. Yeah. Yeah. So that And, and absolutely, you could, you could put it on the big screen. They but, will do that. Yeah. But... You think about the public safety nightmare. You think about yes. the logistics yeah. nightmare. You there's talk about police. Of, out. Yeah. There's a lot of things. But that, why do other and, arenas get to do it? Like Milwaukee did because it. And there's nothing Tampa's else to do there. <laughs> Tampa <laughs> has it for the Lightning. But I don't know. We don't like I'm Tampa. Just, I know. I'm just we thinking, apologize like, to I'm just thinking Wednesday listeners. if it doesn't happen. Like if I don't get a ticket Wednesday, like I'm going to park myself in front of the FTX. <laughs> Maybe I will just have the atmosphere. Pull up in a boat. And they'll have, so, the, they'll have the barge with the TV on it. So when we come, predictions, when we come on the air in, uh, we you don't know if it's late August or yeah. early September, probably late August. We'll have a ring. I hopefully she have hopes two rings, so at least one ring. ring. Where will the Marlins be in the standings? Depending on pitching. I'm asking, I'm asking, well, our pitching's been great. Yeah. It's not our hit pitching, it's our hitting. In August. One run games. Won't be in last place. Is, is Don Mattingly still the manager at that point? Yes. Yeah, he, he doesn't go he's anywhere. He's finishing the season. Then we'll be... We'll be on the outskirts of the uh, wild card uh, conversation. We were. I, the other day I looked at it. We were like three and a half back of the last wild card. Yeah, we won't be that close. I mean, I, I mean, come on, it's, you can't be that pessimistic. Where were your Red Sox have, have uh, jettisoned uh, Xander? Red Sox, man, it's a wash year this year. I'm, I'm just enjoying it. I mean, Trevor Story had the grand slam, and you know we have our moments, but well, I'm not feeling a comeback at this point. Well, for, I mean, it's so early; it's two months in. But the Marlins are four games out of the wild card. Marlins have a better shot this year, and it's unfortunate because the Red Sox put a lot into it. But this can year. I can I give you some hope? Please Boston's do. only three games out of the wild card. They're nineteen and twenty-two. The Marlins are eighteen and twenty-two. But look at the divisions. You have Father. one you're, game better. You're talking the AL East and then I mean it's different. Yankees. Come on, I'm trying to give you hope. <laughs> like a crush. This at is the end why of the you're year. a priest. This is why you're a priest. He gives yeah, the good I, news. I, the second part, I didn't say it. Friends, thank you for joining us this season. It's been a great season. Uh, 51 episodes in the can, and uh, we we thank you for being loyal. Go back, share. There, there's so many great episodes that we did. Uh, not last week's. Uh, and so <laughs> I, I, this entire podcast, I've been like, you know, dumping on last week's episode. Uh, go back, you know, share with others. There are universal themes that we need to be reminded. I go back and listen to some things we said just to, you know, to critique what we've done or how we should do things, but you know, oh, I can't believe we said that, but that's really good. Go back and listen to them, share with others, and uh, build excitement to when we come back in August. So have a great summer. Pray for vocations and pray for peace and for each other. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.